Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. and you were listening to Believe in Barcelona so once again thank you very much for all the overwhelming support on social media and I know that I have been away for a month now and this was a personal decision because the past month was so tough for us Barca fans on what we saw on pitch what Koeman is doing is simply unforgivable and there wasn't many good things to talk about aside from of course Ansu's return and him scoring and Gavi starring for Spain but overall I decided to just be a little bit patient and finally get back when things were looking up and right now I think that things are going to improve And I'm confident of that, that Koeman doesn't have much longer on the Barcelona bench. So, a big thanks to my podcast producer, Mahan Nuri, and once again for Bat Online for making this podcast a possibility for all of their overwhelming support. So, if you want to make any kind of bets, just go on their website. I'm sure that you won't regret it. So today I will be talking about something that I had been meaning to talk about ever since Valverde was sacked long ago and that is who I would choose as Barcelona's next coach and of course I'm going to put things very cleanly here as in Honestly, I'm not going to like list Klopp or Conte because these coaches honestly are impossible to coach Barcelona as of right now, given their their context. So, before I begin talking uh, about a little bit about the, the next coaches, I want to talk about Ferran Vevertes. A conference. Uh, he's the new Barcelona CEO and the recent uh, conference that he gave to the club members was really interest, interesting because he is one of the finest men that Laporta brought in to manage the club and he and he revealed a lot of things about the the Bartomeu side of things uh, since he he left. So Heverter basically confirmed that Barcelona under Bartomeu used to pay journalists on the side, so basically paying them to defend the club, which is something that surprises me, not because I don't think there are biased journalists, but because I really thought they that they did it for free, and they usually did, but now that they are actually getting paid, and I think that it's really easy to infer which of these journalists were likely getting paid by the club, but I'm not going to ma mention any names to, uh, to not get into any trouble. It's something that I have been avoiding a lot lately after I had some threats reaching my email inbox. It's just the kind of thing that's simply not worth it. So, he Heverter also revealed that 1.4 billion were spent on only four players during the Bartomeu reign which is very strange 
because this leads me to believe that all that the Liverpool uh, link journalists used to say that Coutinho still had many clauses to be paid was true and maybe Coutinho actually cost over 160 million and we don't know and same for Griezmann because it's over a billion on four players and of course we know that at, le at least uh, a third of that was spent on Messi which isn't a problem but how about the other 900 million so this is all very strange so if I am to think the the four players that the club spent so money much so much money definitely Messi because it's Messi and he deserved it but also Coutinho, Griezmann and then Dembele three of the worst signings of all time I think that we we can we have a very strong claim to at least have half of the worst signings of all time and well it's at least we are over Griezmann hopefully over Dembele and Coutinho too we just need to forget them he also confirmed that we have around 20 million that we can spend on January and we already have have been linked with Raheem Sterling and the offer would be a low one with an obligatory option to buy to Manchester City and also Danny Olmo but if I'm honest I don't think that these players are coming in because we don't have enough money to to buy Sterling or Olmo from City and Leipzig and I think it's better that that we don't there are better players available and Sterling the the past year and a half for him has been really underwhelming and Danny Olmo isn't really worth the the 75 million that Leipzig was supposedly asking for him and the more things that Heverter said that were really interesting that I really want to talk about is that Bartomeu rigged the contracts uh, the players contracts to increase after he left basically when he renewed some of the players contracts he stated that okay for the first years that I'm here you're going to earn X and then after I'm gone you're going to earn a lot more than that so this is the kind of sabotage that was really clear that Bartomeu did then this is plain plain and simply sabotage because you are setting up your successor for uh, for failure and it's an absolute disgrace the guy really didn't care about the club at all and Hevertel also said there's absolutely no risk of Barcelona becoming a company and getting sold, which is something that is a lot talk about, talked about since 2010, since Hossel took over, but there's no risk of that, thankfully. And he reviewed the, the COVID impact in total to the club since the beginning of the pandemic is 180 million, which is, of course, a sizable sum, but it's far from the... 400 or 500, 500 million that the Bartomeu administration and Tuskets was to say. And lastly, he also said that all of the club's employees didn't use any computers that were from the club. They used their personal computers and their personal mobile phones. And all of the emails were deleted after 19 days. At the club so this is the kind of thing that screens cover up and 
the the due diligence that Laporta and his team are doing out of the club is going to last very very long because they're going to uncover much much more things and I I have been told by a reliable source close to one of the board members at the club that they that the the board is going to go after Bartomeu after everything is clear they want to make a very very strong case that Bartomeu uh, cannot escape so I am confident that Bartomeu and the other board members are going to pay for it or if they don't pay for it at least are going to have to have a lot of legal troubles and a lot of headaches and maybe for rich people that's the most that we can hurt them which is which is a shame honestly uh, the second part I want to talk a little bit about Koeman I, I, I just want to to skip uh, talking about all of the nonsense that he said he's building the future of the club and all of his nonsensical interviews with the Dutch media so the difficulty of sacking Koeman is the club would have to pay 12 million upfront in compensation for him, the remainder of his contract. And not only that, but the, the Catalan media also revealed that Koeman has a clause in his contract that if he is not renewed for a third year, uh, the, the club needs to reimburse him for the 6 million that he paid to the Netherlands to rescind his contract. So this is just one more thing that reveals the utter nonsense that is going on inside of the club it's honestly baffling when i when i saw it and you can really understand why laporta is excitating to sack women it's a lot of money and you have Jordi Cruyff inside the, the club which is very close friends with Koeman and he is persuading Laporta to insist on Koeman so it's not easy for Laporta to take this decision in terms of, he, of the people working inside of the club and Koeman too and the money and this is really painful and overall of course we have seen the the whole mess that the past month was the the, the humiliation against Benfica and Bayer too and Atletico Madrid and really it's been just overwhelming and embarrassing and I don't want to talk about it I don't want to think about it and I don't think that anyone listening to this wants to either so I think that the youth players have made the, the jump to the first team despite Koeman, not because of him. Uh, Gavi is a phenomenon and it's not Koeman's, uh, it's not Koeman's contribution to actually have him go into the first team because he was talked about for years by La Masia enthusiasts. And one thing that I really want to repeat here as much as I need to is that Barcelona's squad isn't half as bad as we think it is and or actually Koeman has made us think because our midfield is great look you have Gavi starting for Spain Busquets has played incredibly for Spain under the right tactics you have Pedri too you have De Jong so overall we are not short-staffed in the in the middle of the pitch same thing for the, the attack we have Unz we have Depay and hopefully Dembele soon but not for long but overall, I think that the, the situation is not half as bad. Our defense is really lacking. It's the it's the side that really worries me the most, especially because Ter Stegen hasn't been in good form for over a year now. But overall, 
with a decent coach, we should have at least challenged for La Liga. I'm not saying winning it, but looking at the state of Atletico Madrid, and which were always fearful of winning because of Simeone and Real Madrid, which were, which were a mess with Ancelotti, a bigger mess than I expected after a strong start for sure. But overall, I think that if we change coach quickly enough, we can still challenge and have uh, an honorable second half of the season and really this is really important really important because we have to compete we have to we have to have a strong finish to our season because when the summer comes and we need to make signings maybe sign free agents and whatnot we need to be, be in a stronger place now because right now all of the football world knows that Barcelona are in a complete financial mess and everything and then, and then we keep getting crashed on the, the pitch to humiliate it all the time so it's not easy to persuade players to join the club now especially now that Messi left which is another thing that really pains us which really has made we as weak not only on the pitch but outside it in the marketing perspective in terms of attracting footballers and everything so but we have to rebuild and we have to reclaim and we have to wash our image to the football world it's going it's going to take a few years but it is doable barcelona has been in a in a hole like this when laporta took over for the first time and we can get out of it so speaking of the coaches the first thing that i'm going to to mention is some of the entering possibilities so basically a caretaker to take over the club and just wait for the summer to come for uh, another coach to take over the one uh, one of the first uh, coaches that were mentioned was Jordi Cruyff actually taking over from Koeman but this is definitely not happening guys because Koeman is friends with uh, Jordi Cruyff and he's not going to simply okay, simply say okay my my friend was sacked and now I'm going to take over especially when he is persuading Laporta to keep Koeman for a little longer another good alternative for the club was Albert Capellas and for those that know don't know him he he was he was coaching the Norway under 21s recently but most importantly he he has spent almost his entire career at La Masia and he is one of the greatest men in world football when it comes to understanding how Cruyff used to think and the Barcelona model of doing things So right now, of course, due to Laporta, he thankfully returned to the club and he's back at Slam doing his best work at La Masia. But I don't think that he's going to take over right now. If he did, I think it would be a very, a very good thing for the club, especially for the younger players to have someone to guide them in the long term. And of course, he's a football man. He, he understands Barcelona. He wasn't just, he just, he's not just a legend. Like, I wouldn't even say legend, but a former footballer like Kluivert that was taking care of La Masia recently and he was completely unqualified for it. So it was really ridiculous. I think that Capellas could be the ideal 
ideal man to be the caretaker if that is the way that Laporta decides to to do things. And the third option as a caretaker is Dominic Tohent. He uh, he was Guardiola's assistant for until he joined Manchester City, and then he went to coach New York City and later Flamengo in Brazil. He didn't do extremely well at any of these clubs but and I don't think that he would be ideal at the club but I have talked and met with many people that know Tohan personally personally and I think that he should have a role inside Barcelona just not as a coach and that's that's how I think it is in terms of outliers and impossibilities to become Barcelona coach right now there are Hansi Flick who is coaching Germany, he's definitely not going to leave anytime soon. Same for Thomas Tuchel, who is happy at Chelsea, and Klopp, who has a contract with Liverpool until 2024, and Klopp does not speak Spanish, which is another thing that would really get in the way of him coaching in Spain. And another option that is completely out of the table right now is Antonio Conte because Conte would actually demand a massive salary. He was earning over 13 million a year from Internazionale Milano and it's impossible for a club to play to pay this obviously and Conte would also make many demands in terms of signing so it's impossible for the club to comply with any of his demands and I think that Conte knows this too. If he was approached by Barcelona, he would simply turn them down right away because it's impossible for the club to actually do what he would like them to do. Roberto Martinez has been recently discarded by Barcelona too. And although I wouldn't say he's a bad he's a bad coach, he's doing a good job at Belgium, aside from the recent bottle job against France in the Nations League. But... He, I think he's just not good enough and this is a problem that Barcelona is having recently. We we keep selecting and appointing coaches that are not good enough compared to the best coaches in the world. We need to go for someone different. And another one that is impossible for now is Eric Ten Hag because not only because he, re- he recently renewed his contract with Ajax, last summer but also because he's not going to leave Ajax mid midsummer and uh, sorry mid season and but if I think it's possible that we could try to appoint him uh, by next summer it's it's possible then but I don't think that we have time until then we we need to take urgent measures I would also be against actually appointing a caretaker manager right now. We need just to go for the right manager, the manager that Laporta and the Barcelona board wants right away, rather than keep waiting and giving time to, to Koeman, because we are wasting time, and this is one thing that really worries me, because this season can still end in a in a high. I'm not saying trophies, but at least in good feelings, you know, good sensations and positivity inside of the club with the right coach. And this is really important. We we really need to fight until until the end of the season. We cannot give up just because a poor coach like Koeman thinks that we we cannot do better than what he's doing, which is honestly inadmissible in my opinion. Well, now for the main candidates that were recently linked. I will start in the order the, of the 
the candidates that I would least want to the to the ones that I want the most. So first of all is Pirlo, which was linked to Barca, starting with 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 Romero, with Gerard Romero on Twitter, which I really keep insisting, do not listen to the guy. He was once a great source on La Masia, but then he started doing stuff like Twitch, and now all of he does on Twitter is to grab attention. He's an attention seeker, and he keeps wanting to do things to, to simply gra grab more subscribers for Twitch and whatnot. So... Overall, Pirlo, I think he would be the worst option of all that were linked to Barcelona. I want to talk about it because people have been asking me a lot about this. And Juventus was too soon for Pirlo, absolutely. He he literally had never coached a thing before he coached Juventus. I think that he has the right mentality, absolutely. Uh, I've read his biography and of course we all know Pirlo, but he doesn't have the necessary experience to coach one of the top jobs. Can you really imagine Pirlo taking over a Barcelona in ruins as it is right now and actually succeeding? And he would have to leave Italy for Spain too. He actually speaks Spanish, but still it would be just, just simply does not fit, you know? And this is the kind of, we need to stop with these kind of risky signings, as I said before. Uh, another, an, an op now there are three options left, three three coaches that I, will, I, will, I would really be pleased if they were appointed as Barcelona coach. So, Half Rangnick, he has been linked since Laporta was running for the elections. And I think that he would be a, a good option for Barcelona in the short term, and then later he would be given a whole a role in the in the club after the next coach is appointed. Rangnick, in case you don't know, he changed German football. I'm not going to say he is the German cry for anything like that because that would be absolute nonsense. But Rangnick actually changed the way that Germany looked at football, and you can clearly see his work on the entirety of Bundesliga right now. It, it's, it's his concepts like pressing, which evolved in case of Jurgen Klopp's and Jejen pressing, and the, the quick transitions. So basically, he gives uh, a certain importance to possession football, but possession is not an end, like in, in Kreuzfism. I would say it's it's not part of the of the whole package if you know what I mean. And basically what Rangnick would bring to the club is an updated view of football because Bayer has adapt has adapted to many of the the principles of Cruyffism and it's clear that they are reaping the benefits until today. They started back to, back with Van Gaal and of course they brought Pep later and now they have Nagelsmann. And so basically Bayern Munich took what was best, what the, the better part of Kreuzfism and updated for German football alongside with much uh, of what Rangnick did. And overall it, the, the results on, of course were incredible. So overall, I think that he would do a great job to updating Barcelona for modern football because we have to deal with the with the reality that our model uh, has be, has become outdated and we we don't need to change it, but we need to update it. So 
of course we can play with three at the back and we we can play we can play with possession uh, with possession based football and all of that but we need to change the way that we do things in its core and that's and that's maybe have someone physical in the middle of the pitch but still reliable when passing and this this kind of subject is so tricky that i honestly i would have to to do a whole podcast to explain it so i'm not going to just keep talking about it now i rather do it and you know in another podcast to actually explain it properly and after Rangnick and Pirlo i'm going to talk about marcelo gallardo in case you don't know him he is the he's currently coaching river plate he's also a legend as a footballer then And of course, he won one of the biggest matches that were played this century, the Libertadores final between Boca Juniors and River Plate, which he which he won with River Plate at the Bernabeu, three one. Which honestly, it was a cagey match, but it was really emotional. I really enjoyed that match, and not only that, but I think that Gallardo is. Basically, Simeone, but without being a coward, uh, Gallardo does not fear losing matches. He revolutionized River Plate as a whole, and I think that he could do the same at Barcelona. He believes in pressing, he developing youth players, and he also adapts to the opponents if need be, so he can play defensive football depending on the opponents. And I don't think that this is compromising on the style, but actually being pragmatic, and which is something that I really agree. And Gallardo here, if he was appointed, he wouldn't break any traditions at Barcelona. He would simply offer a different view on how we do things, and... When you look at Atletico Madrid and how Simeone changed them, you can clearly see that this kind of change could be welcome at our club. But as I said, Gallardo is more like a mix of Jurgen Klopp and Guardiola than Simeone. But his impact at at the way that he did things at River Plate, it's similar to the impact that Simeone caused at Atletico Madrid. So and of course they're both Argentinian too. And finally, which is the option that I think it's going to end up being appointed to the Barcelona coach is Xavi. Yeah, I think that Xavi could be a, a great uh, coach for Barcelona. Yes, absolutely. He would be ideal for the young players. He's also very dogmatic and idealistic about Cruyffism. But of course, we all know we all know Xavi's qualities. But I also worry. My main worry is about Xavi is that he didn't accept training Barcelona B or staying at the club he preferred to making a lot of money of money in Qatar and of course he's coaching outside and doing a decent job there the past the bad the last season was really great for them but aside from that he still doesn't have much experience at the top level Barcelona would be obviously very different from coaching in Qatar and of course I would say that my main fear is actually fear that he could fail uh, is his lack of humility uh, as a as a coach of course we we know that Xavi has been always very dogmatic when he gave interviews he was very idealistic uh, about the Barcelona way of doing things and of course that's absolutely valid I think it's it really worked on wonders for uh, for him in his career but and and it would do well for the club 
at some points but overall there's also the the danger that Xavi could still insist on doing things the way that Guardiola once did in the past instead of uh, updating how things are done to coaching in the in 2021 so of course if you look at that comparing him to Guardiola in this case I think it's valid because Guardiola has really changed as a clock as a coach since he left Barcelona he started to change his way of doing things at Bayer but when he joined Manchester City he really evolved his style and I think this is something that's I'm, I worry that Xavi might not be willing to do, you know, do things differently because it's it's not being dogmatic and inflexible in football as it is. It's something that I don't think that would be would be very productive for Barcelona. Of course, running and not not following our style and losing our identity, I don't think it would be a good thing. But we need to have to be flexible to update ourselves. Like as I said, like Bayern and Manchester City did, they I would say that both of these clubs were really affected by jo- uh, Johan Cruyff and Guardiola. So we need to actually look at these clubs and update our way of doing things. As and I really don't think that that is controversial. Football is always about evolving, and if we are left behind, we just have to work on catching up again and maybe trailblazing too in the future doing different things and aside for that the Lamazia seniors are a really problem uh, could be a real real problem for Xavi because he is friends with Piquet, Busquets, Alba, Sergio Roberto and others and phasing them out actually kicking them out of the club I don't know if it's something that Xavi would easily do and this is my main reservation but overall I would say that. Xavi, Rangnick or Gallardo would all be amazing signings for Barcelona. I think that they as a, as they all have a potential to change the club, to update it and to make it better. But And of course, start the big rebuild that the club is going to undergo in the next two to three years. He They, they could really make things work. And to cap things off... I really don't think that Koeman is going to, to to survive a few more bad results. Maybe he will even be sacked before El Clásico, but our season could be lost by them, and this is something that really worries me. As I said, we can fight the we can fight for the league, and the big the big mistake here by Laporte, I think that he's he is listening too much to his football people, if if you know what I mean, because when you look at our recent matches with Koeman for the past month, we have been simply disastrous. There, there are simply absolutely zero redeeming qualities about what we have seen on pitch. And this is not going to get better. Koeman, Koeman's in his conferences, is getting even more arrogant and speaking even more rubbish. And this cannot go on, guys. So let us just wait that Koeman will be out before the end of the month that's all we can hope and that a good coach will be appointed in his place to actually build things carefully and patiently so this is all you're getting from me today once again a big thanks to my podcast producer Mahan Nuhiri and of course for Batline to making this show a possibility take care my friends and see you on social media
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.